Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And how blessed we are to be able to come together each day right here on Search the Scriptures and do exactly that. Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. And we're so thankful to have this opportunity to open up God's Word with you each day. Dig a little bit deeper. Study a little bit more. Learn some more and try to grow in our faith as we do that, because, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We really do want to help you get to heaven. The best way we can do that is by teaching God's Word on as broad-based a level as possible. We don't just talk about the Bible and about God here on Search the Scriptures. We dig deep into God's Word. We teach His Word and teach, obviously, about Him as we're teaching His Word. We really do pray for you and everybody we can who will listen to these programs. And we really want to help people get to heaven, to have that better outlook on life, but also to have that hope that is so missing in the lives of so many people in this world. You know, when Jesus said, that most people are going down the broad way, the wide, they've gone through the wide gate and they're traveling the broad road through life. He said that leads to destruction. They've taken the easy path, the path of least resistance. And that kind of a pathway is what makes rivers and people in their lives crooked. Well, that's not the way you ought to be going. You need to be taking that straight path, going through that narrow gate, that straight path which is the pathway of truth, God's truth. Oh, but that path leads you right to heaven. We want to help you walk that path. We want to help you get to that destination. At the end of the program today, have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. We'll tell you how to contact us. Jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the Bible study that we always offer. It is free We'll even take care of the postage. Also, you can ask for a copy of today's program on CD. And again, it's free, and we'll take care of the postage. But we also encourage you, go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page, click on the podcast button, and sign up for our podcasting. It'll take about a minute. It is free, and it always will be free. Now, I emphasize that again. It is free. It will always be free. We don't, teach, we, don't, we don't charge anybody to teach them God's Word. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll receive to whatever device you choose, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, tablet, pad, whatever device you choose, you receive all of our sermons, all of our Bible classes, all of our Today's Bible class, which is a great, about a 12-minute Bible study each day, seven days a week, and you'll receive all of these radio programs all for free and automatically, and they'll always be free. So take advantage of that opportunity. Again, churchofchrist.com. Sign up for our podcasting. In our last program, we were talking about two opposing forces in life that are always there. The one is a very positive influence, and that's because God and his love is behind that influence. And ultimately, 
he is trying to lead us to eternal life with him in heaven. The other force is exactly the opposite. It is a negative force that is, and the devil is behind that and his hatred. His desire is to lead us away from God, away from eternal life, and into eternal condemnation and destruction in hell with him. So these two opposing forces, love motivates the one, very positive, wants to lead us to heaven. Hatred motivates the other one, very negative, and very deceptive and even lying, and wants to lead us to hell. And the devil is behind that one. We talked about there are always these two opposing forces that are always presenting themselves through our lives. We saw it all the way back in the garden when God created man and woman in his own image as with a soul, with the opportunity for eternal life, and then the devil showed up and lured them through temptation into sin and disobedience to God. Yeah, well, and of course, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, verse 23. God warned them about that in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, but God still made the way for them through the Savior that he would send into the world so they could be forgiven. And that's why Christ died on that cross, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, that through him we could have everlasting life. But the devil was always there. Even when Christ was progressing through his ministry upon this earth, the devil was always there trying to oppose him, trying to lead people away from him and into destruction again. And so the devil is still there. He's always trying to lead us into sin. He tries to make temptation look good, look attractive, look alluring, but its ultimate end is destruction again, and eternally so. Well, I want us to make, and as I said at the end of the last program, I want to make a specific application to this particular principle. Two opposing forces, always there, trying to lead us in different directions, one very positive and very rewarding eternally. The other one, very destructive and ultimately eternally destructive. God is behind the one, the devil is behind the other one. Now, the specific application, love or hate? Love or hate? Jesus is always there as the savior. He's continually calling us to follow him to heaven. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, we see him calling Peter and Andrew to follow him. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, he would teach them how to lead people to forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Verse 21 says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. They were professional fishermen. They left their nets and they followed Jesus. He called them. In Matthew chapter 19, I'm sorry, chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. We see Jesus calling another who would become his, one of his apostles. 
and that was Matthew, the tax collector. And so Jesus called him, and again, to follow him. Matthew 9 and verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me, follow me. So he arose and followed him. When he was speaking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, in verse 24, Jesus said this, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his sake for my uh, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? And that would be the one of the devil's allurements, material wealth and materialism in general. But Jesus says, what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Well, Jesus said in John chapter 14, in the first six verses, he told the apostles on the night of his betrayal that he was going to be leaving. He was going to be going to the Father, but he was going to prepare a place for them. And he said, if I go and prepare a place, I will come again, that where I am, there you may be with me also. And that place where he was preparing their place was heaven itself, is heaven itself. And so he calls us to follow him. In Matthew chapter 19, we see the account of the rich young man coming to Jesus and asking him, what good thing must I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus asks him in verse 17, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you would enter into life, keep the commandments. The young man asks him, which one? And so Jesus gives him a sampling of the commandments. He says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear fault witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the young man said, all of these I have kept from my youth up. In other words, from the time I was a young boy, I've kept all of these commandments. And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Come, follow me. So he calls this young man to follow him. Now remember, he had called Peter and Andrew. He had called Matthew. They followed. He had called his disciples, and many followed him. And this young man, he calls personally, come follow me. Unfortunately, the young man walked away from Jesus. He did not respond in an obedient way to that invitation, follow me, because he had great possessions. And they, and I believe Jesus, knowing his heart ahead of time, they were a wedge between him and his Savior. He let his possessions, his materialism, his wealth, keep him from following Jesus. 
How sad. How sad. Because Jesus was offering him eternal life. But the, the, the wealth that the young man had was all going to be left behind at the end of his physical life. He could not take any of it with him. He walked away, though, from Jesus and eternal life. In John chapter 1, in verse 43, again, Jesus called Philip this time, follow me, and Philip followed him. But the invitation that Jesus extends is not just to those 12 apostles, those who followed him, not just to those who became his disciples in the first century while he was on this earth. He calls everybody in every generation to follow him. He said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now that's his invitation to everybody in every generation. That invitation to follow Jesus is always there. It's always extended through his word written down for us in New Testament scripture. He's always calling us to follow him. Now remember, he said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. If we will follow him, our eternal reward will be eternal life in heaven. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, we read, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay us, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us or holds us back. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is waiting there for us with the crown of life. He's the author. He brought Christianity, our faith, to this world, to us, and he's the finisher of our faith. He's the ultimate, the ultimate goal, the ultimate one who's waiting there for us at the finish line. He's got that crown of life waiting for us if we will only come to him in faithful, consistent obedience. Jesus is always there as the Savior, and he continually calls us to follow him. But the devil is, always, is also always there. And through temptations, he is always trying to lead us away from our Savior and into sin that ultimately brings eternal condemnation. In Revelation 20 and verse 10, we get something of a picture of the final day of judgment. And notice, the devil who deceived them, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night 
forever and ever. Now, what is the ultimate end of the devil? Being cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which is hell, and being tormented day and night forever and ever. What is the ultimate lot of those who follow the devil in this life? Verse 15, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire eternal condemnation in hell. How horrible to contemplate. Chapter 21 of the Revelation, verse 8. The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We're talking, my friends, make no mistake about it, pulling no punches. We're talking about eternal condemnation in hell. By following the lead of the devil as he tries to influence us and pull us away from God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Two opposing forces always there. One motivated by love, and that's God. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The other motivated by hate, and that's the devil, trying to lead us into eternal condemnation, away from God and away from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Which way are you going to choose? Love or hate? Which is going to be a mirror of the way you live your life? Love or hate? Now, it's easy to say, oh, I, I love, I'm, I'm going to be a loving person. I love my family. I love my God. I love every, everybody. I love people, friends, and so on. But you see, we're talking about a more profound love. Love for God. Love for Christ, our Savior and Lord. Are you living a life that demonstrates your love for God? That demonstrates your love for Jesus Christ? Now again, many people will say, oh yes, I love God, I love Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Are you following his teachings? Are you living by his commandments? Are you living faithfully and obediently, consistently each day? You see, that's the pathway of love. That's the lifestyle of love. God's love has reached out to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16. God's loved you so much that he sent his son to die on that cross to pay your price for your sins. Romans 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you because of your sin. He died for you out of love for you. You see, 
when we're talking about this kind of love is a whole lot deeper and more profound than just words saying, I love God, I love Jesus. No, much deeper, much more profound, much more definite than that. It is living a life that demonstrates your love for God and for Jesus, your Savior. That's a life of obedience on an ongoing, consistent basis. Remember again, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But even in that immediate context of scripture, he did not say it just once. In verse 21, he said again, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me, now what, how is that demonstrated? By our keeping his commandments. And Jesus said, he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then in verse 23, he said it again. If anyone loves me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. How do you demonstrate your true love for your Savior, your Lord, Jesus Christ? By keeping his commandments. He who does not love me, he says in verse 24, does not keep my words. If you're not being obedient to the teachings of Jesus Christ, you don't love him. Not the way he's looking for you to love him. Now don't get mad at me for saying that. Get mad at Jesus if you're going to be mad, because he's the one who said it. In 1 John chapter 5, in verse 3, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Do you really love God? Do you really love Jesus? Are you obeying their teachings? The devil wants to pull you away from that obedience out of hate. God calls you to obey him, to live with him, to walk for him out of love. Love or hate. Let's pray together. Father, the world needs your love. But you have already demonstrated your love before the world. You sent your son to the cross to die for us even while we were guilty of sin. But the world needs to come to you in love for you, obeying you, Father, and following you obediently through Jesus Christ. Please help them to see and help them to humble their hearts to come to you in love for you. This is our prayer, Father. And we also pray, Father, Please forgive us. In Christ's name, amen.